أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين Salamun alaikum uh, brothers and sisters I hope everyone is doing well inshallah and welcome to another episode of our tafsir of Dua Kumail podcast So we ended here in the previous po- uh, in the previous episode where Ali ibn Abi Talib was asking this question. And we talked about this question quite a bit in the previous episode. He's asking this question and he's essentially asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether God is going to punish the people who have made a mistake and who have now repented and are returning towards him, whether he will still take those individuals because they are you know, worthy of punishment, will he still take them and punish them, okay? And we said that this, of course, uh, brings to the discussion a very important question or something that kind of should, you know, essentially uh, entice us to figure out. And that is, why is it that Ali ibn Abi Talib is asking this question to begin with? Why do we say this? Because we know from Quran and Hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised that he will accept the tawbah of someone who sincerely comes back to him, right? And for some sins, of course, there are certain things that you need to do. For some sins, repentance is not going to be enough. There is a kafara sometimes that you have to pay, for example. Sometimes there is a the fact that you have to make up for that act or action um, is another, uh, you know, something else that you have to take care of. But essentially, when someone does tawbah and they do these other steps um, for when they do apply, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised to accept the repentance of such an individual. And yet Ali ibn Abi Talib keeps asking in multiple different ways whether God is going to accept the repentance of this person or is he going to continue uh, in, in the sense of is he going to end up punishing this person. Okay, so we went through these lines before, a couple lines uh, above, he said that uh, are you going to take this person or do you see yourself uh, punishing me after I have believed in your unity and in your oneness? And after I got to know you and my tongue has remembered you and you know your love has made its way into my heart and all these different lies. And he said, hey, hot. no, I don't think you would do that. Then he started again. He said, and this is where we left off. In the previous episode, Are you going to take fire, right, and put fire over those faces that have fell to sajda for you? So we talked about sajda a little bit, but we did not get to the rest of this question and answering this question of why is it that Ali ibn Abi Talib is posing this as a maybe? Right? Why is he even asking God if he will forgive people who do tawbah? Isn't it a done deal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if someone comes back to him sincerely, will forgive him? So we still have to get to the answer to that question. But let me, let, let's go through these lines before we actually answer that question. So the first thing he said was, are you going to take fire and put fire over those faces that have prostrated to you in sajda? And we talked about sajda in the previous episode. And are you going to burn those tongues that have professed your unity? Sadiqa, right? Sincerely. 
with sincere intentions. And they have thanked you by praising you, right? Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen that we recite in the in the Salat, right? And this this phrase of Alhamdulillah has a lot of secrets to it. There's, uh, you know, more, you know, info about this particular phrase and we don't have time to go into that right now. But we have multiple ahadith about thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing His praise, by praising Him through this phrase of Alhamdulillah. Are you going to take these tongues and burn them? And then he continues, Are you going to punish those hearts that have acknowledged your divinity? Are you actually going to do that? And are you going to take those hearts and minds that have the knowledge of who you are and because of that they have become humble in your presence? Are you going to punish them? And those body parts, those organs, those limbs of the body that have rushed to places of worship of yours, right? Like the my hand and my face that rushed to your prayer, for example. And that have asked for your forgiveness. Okay. So this was one, two, three, four, five lines, heavy lines, in which Ali ibn Abi Talib is posing this question again. And then he answers this question, but again, you will find that his question is kind of a maybe <laughs> again. It's not a an answer that's for sure. So he responds with this. He says, he says, I don't hold such an opinion of you. This is not what I would assume about you. Adhan, right? Most of the time, it means when you assume something about somebody. This is not what I would assume about you. And this is not what we have heard of your mercy and your grace. Right? You know, like some people, when you're dealing with them, um, and, and they may not give you the best deal in order to invoke their mercy, you might sit there and say, well, you know, I've heard from your previous partners that you're, you're such a generous person when it comes to business, right? So this is what Ali ibn Abi Talib is doing here. He's saying, first of all, this is not what I would assume about someone like you. And furthermore, this is not what we've heard about you. In other words, your reputation is a different reputation. We have heard other things about your reputation. Okay, so I'll get to the reputation part later on. But let's answer this question. Hopefully, I've, you know, it, I've set the ground and, and, and the stage, essentially, for this question so that we can go into the answer because the answer will put a lot of du'a kumil into perspective for us. And the answer is this. The reason why Ali ibn Abi Talib keeps going back to this question and even when he answers the question, he says it in the form of a maybe, is essentially because he is doing this out of the manners he has to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that A, he is worthy of punishment, and B, that if God is going to forgive him, and he knows that God is going to forgive him, he says it in the form of a maybe in order to express that he's not taking it as uh, you know for granted okay so I'll go through that one more time the first reason why he's saying it in the form of a maybe is that he is implying in other words that listen I know I'm worthy of punishment so the question is a good question if you're getting my point right like if you're worthy if you're if you're vulnerable to a sickness right to a to an illness right and then you go somewhere that, that, that you might have caught that disease, right? When you come out, you ask your doctor, say, well, 
Do I have this, for example? Why? Because you have put yourself in a situation where you're vulnerable, right? Now, Ali ibn Abi Talib is saying, I'm worthy of punishment. So I have to at least ask this question, is he going to punish me? Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised that he will accept the tawbah of a person who sincerely repents to him, right? But it doesn't mean that person is not worthy of punishment. No, he's worthy of punishment. And we have a lot of uh, verses of the Quran that speak about this. And I don't want to go into that right now. So the first point he's making is, I'm worthy of punishment. So this question is not a crazy question, in other words. And the fact, brothers and sisters, in our, that in our mind, this question comes off as a qu crazy question. Like, of course, God will forgive you. Why, why would you even ask that question? Is exactly the point Ali ibn Abi Talib is making. That just because somebody is kind, just because somebody is nice, doesn't mean you take it for granted and you automatically assume that they're always going to forgive you. Even if you know that's going to happen, out of having manners and out of being polite, you will say, will you forgive me? That's the reason why these past five lines and even the, the ten lines that we went through before this, right? this is why Ali ibn Abi Talib is posing this question in this format. He's saying it as a maybe because he's saying, even though I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive me, I'm not going to act as if it's a done deal. He has said it's a done deal. But me being polite, me being ha having manners, me showing that I'm not taking his mercy for granted, I'm not going to say this as if it's a done deal. Okay, so to give you an example of this, and hopefully we can relate to the to the you know to this point a little bit better with this example. Imagine if if someone called you, right, and let's say you were working for a cause, you were fundraising for a cause or a masjid or you know whatever you know community relief, whatever the case may be, and someone had, for example, uh, you know had already uh, given you their word, they have already committed to donating a certain amount, right? If this amount is a big amount, right? Let's say they committed to donating $100,000, right? For, for like a fund, for example. Well, that's a notable amount of money. Well, at least, at least for me it is. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but for, you know, in my world <laughs> and in our world, that's a lot of money. So if he has already committed to donating that money, right? When you call up that person and you want to actually get the money from him, you will speak to him even though it's a done deal and he has already told you that he is going to donate this money to you. You will still put a maybe before your sentence. You will still say, can I come and get this money? Maybe you call up this brother or, your, or this sister right, and you say, brother, sister, is it possible that we could send somebody today to get the money? Right? Or is it possible that I could get that check from you, for example? Why is it that you act as if it's a maybe even though this person is already committed to this donation? It's out of you being polite. It's out of the manners that you have. That you're not automatically taking this as a done deal. You're not taking it for granted in other words, right? You're still acknowledging the fact that, hey, I might have not been worthy of this, but you, out of the kindness of your heart, you're doing this. So if we find Ali ibn Abi Talib, he keeps posing this question of, Ya Allah, are you going to punish these people? Are you going to drive away someone that you brought closer to you? Are you going to put them through bala even though you had mercy on them before? Right? Are you going to ruin somebody that you nurtured before? The reason why he keeps asking as a maybe, right? the reason why he keeps putting it in a question format 
is because he wants to make it clear that he is not taking this as a done deal, which is part of being polite when you are dealing with a person who is extremely kind and extremely uh, generous. And this concept of not taking things for granted is, of course, something that applies in other situations as well. It's not just this. The whole idea of not taking things for granted, the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granted, is something that you find, you'll find a trace of it in our ahadith, you'll find a trace of it in the verses of the Qur'an. And it's interesting, and I'll mention this before I move on, that in the ahadith and in the verses of the Qur'an, the blessings that we are told to not take for granted are in fact some of those blessings that we take for granted all the time. Like some of these blessings are blessings that we don't even consider blessings. So I'll give you some examples and you can be the judge for yourself. If you can remember the last time you thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right, for these blessings. And if you can't remember, then that means that essentially this is a blessing that we have been taking for, uh, you know, for granted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verses 71 and 72 from Surah Al-Qasas says, قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمُ اللَّيْلَ السَّرْمَدًا إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ مَنْ إِلَهٌ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِضِيَاءِ Tell me, right now, this is in the context of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling the mushrikeen that listen, it is God that is in, you know, His hands are at work in this world. That's in this context. But it's essentially pointing out another blessing. He says, listen, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to take the nighttime and just make that nighttime permanent for you, right? Like daytime would never even show up. Who else was going to bring you daytime? Is that something that we've ever thought to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for? Right? Most of us would say no to that. And then verse 72 says this, قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ جَعَلَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكُمُ النَّهَارَ السَّرْمَدًا إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ مَنْ إِلَهٌ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِلَيْلٍ تَسْكُنُونَ فِيهِ says, well, let's flip this situation. You've never thanked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for nighttime. You need both. What if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to take the daytime and make that permanent? إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ مَنْ إِلَهٌ غَيْرُ اللَّهِ Which other God of yours? is going to bring about the nighttime, right? Now, again, this is in the context of them speaking of other gods being at work in this world. But what we can take from this verse is that that's something we never even thought about. I mean, we never even thought we're supposed to thank God for nighttime or daytime, right? That's not a thought that comes to our mind very often. Okay, and then you move on. This is verse 30 from Surah Al-Mulk, the, uh, the last verse from Surah Al-Mulk, he says, قُلْ أَرَأَيْتُمْ إِنْ أَسْبَحَ مَاءُكُمْ غَوْرًا فَمَنْ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِمَاءٍ مَعِينٍ If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to take your water and your water went into the ground, right? It seeped into the ground. In other words, you didn't have access to it. Who is going to bring you water? And there are deeper meanings to this verse, but the, you know, the apparent meaning is what we're referring to here. So water, that's another thing that we haven't even thought of. And these are things that we take for granted all the time, right? In Surah Waqa'ah, we also have the same concept again, right? So he starts out, these are verses 62 through 74. He says, Why don't you, why aren't you remi reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Have you guys seen the things that you plant? When you guys plant it, who is the one who has these plants grow? 
Like you guys do a little bit of the work. That's true. But who puts these plans and creates a situation where these plans can actually grow? That's another blessing that we have not even thought about uh, thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. لَوْ نَشَاءُ لَجَعَلْنَاهُ حُطَامًا فَذَلْتُمْ تَفَكَّهُونَ If we were to take these plants that you guys put in the ground, you plant in the ground, right, these crops, and if we were to ruin them, then what were you going to do? You'll be lost. And what would you say? Then you would say, oh my God, we're deprived of these blessings. Well, <laughs> that's because you were taking them for granted when they were there for you before, right? This water that you guys drink, did you guys send this down from the skies? Or were we the ones that send these down, sent this water down from the skies? Which one was it? If we wanted to, this water that you guys take for granted, we could have made it bitter. So why is it that now that it's sweet, how come you don't thank us? <laughs> why is it that you take our blessings right, for granted? We didn't make it bitter, we made it sweet. But now that it's sweet, you guys don't even realize it. This fire that you guys create, did you guys, you know, grow those trees that you guys take, right, and have the wood to then make the fire with it? Or were we the ones who did all of that? Now, it's true that, of course, a human being in a lot of situations might take part in some of these activities, right? But the core and essence of all of these blessings come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? We just, we just prepare things so that we can gather the wood, for example. We can gather the water or store the water, for example. But at the end of the day, the essence and the core of that blessing is from Him. So essentially Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that there's so many of these blessings that you guys have not even thought about. So the idea of not taking the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granted and not assuming that yes, this is how life is supposed to be. I'm supposed to be blessed left and right is something that we find all over uh, the verses of the Quran in an, and in our ahadith as well. And there's more to be said about this, but I want to move on and get back to the dua. So he ended here, right? He said, We would not assume such a thing about you, or I would not assume such a thing about you. And this is not what we have heard about you. This is not what your reputation is. What your reputation is, is that you're extremely gracious. You are extremely forgiving. And that's why the next line says, Ya Karimu Ya Rab. You're the one who's all generous. You're, you're my Lord and you're all generous. So this idea of you not forgiving somebody, no, you wouldn't do that. But Ya Allah, I'm going to go through this whole process of saying, will you forgive me? And then saying, no, you're generous to show you that I'm acknowledging your generosity. Okay, moving on. This is probably one of the most vulnerable uh, points of the whole dua. Ya Allah, you know how difficult it is. You know my weakness. When it comes to the little bit of trials and tribulations I go through in this world and the little bit of the consequences of this world that I have to deal with, you already know how much I struggle with just getting through life in this world. 
Okay, now he's going to draw a conclusion from this in the next couple of lines. But for now, what he's pointing out is that essentially, you already see my life. You already see that even with the balas of this dunya, I can barely, you know, get, get by. Like even with the balas of this dunya, I'm not patient. So you're now going to expect me to now be patient when it comes to the balas of the next world. And essentially what he is going to say is that obviously that's not possible for him. So now he is making a connection between the difficulties that he finds in this world and the difficulties that he knows will come his way if he were to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next world. And this is again one of those concepts that we find in Islam. That the difficulties someone goes through in this world, they are supposed to connect it. It is supposed to serve as a reminder for the difficulties that they are supposed to go through or they will go through in the next world. So there's more to that concept. I'm going to come back to that inshallah in the next episode. When we continue, we'll go through the next line. وَمَا يَجْرِي فِيهَا مِنَ الْمَكَارِهِ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا as I mentioned, this point of the du'a is a very critical point. So uh, inshallah, we'll discuss that in the next episode.